am super stoked today for my guest here on Hashtag No Limits. Hashtag No Limits is about people who society has placed limits upon, but who have bust through those limits. As a special education teacher and as an education consultant and master IEP coach now, I see these limits that people have all the time. And I've also had the great privilege of seeing all sorts of people bust through those limits. And since I have started doing hashtag no limits, my horizons have been expanded even more. And I hope that the same thing has happened for you. If you are joining me live, joining us live, please um, hashtag live in the comments. If you are watching on the replay, hashtag replay. If you are watching from my Facebook group, No Limits, Changing the World's Perspectives through of Special Needs through IEPs, please make sure to give StreamYard permission to post your picture and your profile name. Um, they do that out of respect for your privacy since the group is a private group. Otherwise, if you comment, I may not know who you are or we may not know who you are. I have to admit that the group that we are going to talk about today is a group that I had placed a limit on. Um, and when I talk about limits, anyone who's joined me before knows that I'm not talking about actual physical limitations that people have, but it's the idea that someone can't do a certain thing based on their abilities. And so today I'm super, super excited because I have so many questions. <laughs> for myself, um, to have Jeff Van. He is the president of the St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club. So blind hockey, I got to admit, I never thought that that would be something I would ever talk about. So Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for joining us and joining us early. Um, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are yeah, you doing? I'm doing well. So Jeff, tell us a little bit about how you started into this blind hockey club? Well, I, I played hockey uh, when I was in high school and, um, you know, got married and had kids and, and I have my kids gotten involved in hockey and I've grown up, you know, with them coaching hockey and been involved in, in it for many years now. And uh, so my wife and I have another project that we're working on, Spirit of Discovery Park which is actually an amusement park we're working on in the St. Louis area that's built for people with all abilities. Um, so the entire place is gonna have uh, engineering and design specifically per, for people who have disabilities and special needs and everything, as well as their families and friends come along. That is so awesome. So, yeah, so selfishly, um, I'm like, hey, I want an ice rink in this deal, you know, if I have a say in it, right? <laughs> so I, I had seen, you know, sled hockey and special hockey. You know, we had seen curling even, I think, out of Indianapolis. It was done with uh, people with special needs and stuff. So I was thinking, hey, um, this would be really cool. Plus, you know, in St. Louis, this hockey is growing so rapidly uh, because the Blues had won the, the Stanley Cup. A um, little plug there. That, um, <laughs> that it would it would get rented out as well from the community so i thought it was a good idea and this was you know hey the sky's the limit we're doing an ice rink too right so absolutely uh anyway there was a guy a friend of ours now i got introduced to sean bora who uh is a gentleman who is visually impaired and uh, got to know him got to become friends with him and he introduced me to blind hockey which i had never heard of and just like you was like what are you talking about? Right. So uh, he said, well, hey, you know, I've been I've been talking to this guy, Bruce Porter, 
over in uh, Washington, D.C., who's with the Blinded Veterans Association. And he's telling me that um, he can help us start a program. I just need somebody to help me do that. And uh, so I, my eyes kind of raised up and I said, well, tell me more. Right. And um, so essentially he put us in touch with with Bruce and Bruce told us about blind hockey, how it's been in Canada for 40 plus years. Wow. And, and uh, he was trying to help grow the, the sport in the United States. And so he was willing to fly from Washington, D.C. at his expense and uh, get us set up for a try for free event. So. Uh, and by the way, when I'm name dropping all these people, it's because I want to say thank you to all the volunteers who have helped us throughout the, you know, this journey, because there's been a tremendous amount of people and it's just too hard to go through a list. So anyway, Bruce Quarter and all that. So Kirkwood Youth Hockey is who uh, we're affiliated with for my kids and growing up through um, tremendous organization. Uh, they jumped on board really quick with giving us ice time and uh, no shortage of volunteers. Uh, Emo's Pizza here locally. It's a St. Louis style pizza. They donated food and drink. Um, and so we put out flyers or Facebook and all this kind of stuff. And we, and Bruce flew in. He brought, I don't know if you've ever seen a hockey bag before, but he carried like four or five of these hockey bags full of equipment that we were going to outfit people with that showed up to try to play hockey. So, and it was really what we would call a stick and puck. So a lot of people have never skated before. Um, some people had never played hockey before, you know, so it was a lot of different challenges. Um, but we ended up just getting people in equipment, put ice skates on them, uh, gave some of them of a puck and stick and others, we were just working on skating. Some we pushed, put in chairs and push around, but just gave them the experience of being out on the ice, feeling the wind in their face and uh, getting the enjoyment of what hockey was. And at the same time, introducing a bunch of people who, played and coached hockey for a lifetime and never heard of such a thing. So we had about 17 people show up to learn how to play. Uh, these were participants and we had probably double the volunteers and there was not a dry eye in sight by the time it was over. Uh, it was a pretty amazing thing. And, uh, you know, when we walked out of the door, Bruce is like, um, looks like you got enough interest. I'm going to leave all this stuff with you and wow. see ya. So that's where it started. Uh, Sean and I, you know, got together and uh, with the various volunteers and things, and um, we arranged another uh, learn to play that we were going to do the day after Thanksgiving that year. And uh, you know, coincidentally, through luck, Steve Chapman was—he happens to be one of the VPs for the St. Louis Blues. His son and my son play hockey together, and so I've known Steve for a few years and so I said hey uh you know what about this can we can we sit down and have lunch and um so we met uh, Sean and I met Steve for lunch and uh he said well I'm not going to make any promises but it sounds like something really really neat that we would want to be involved in and uh so we had the 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 try it for free event that uh, Friday after Thanksgiving and the CEO of the blues, Chris Zimmerman and his wife, Emily Birch came and a friend of theirs, Michael Lohenbaum, uh, Randy Gersh is one of the VPs also. Uh, they all showed up and watched and it was kind of a ragtag <laughs> event, you know, people with mismatched uniforms and mismatched socks and 
and volunteers from all over, you know, not knowing what they're doing, but, you know, basically just making a go of it. And um, it wasn't long after that the Blues said, uh, we want to be a part of this. Let, you know, what can we do for you? And really the main thing we wanted from them, you know, was, you know, getting the word out, trying to recruit players, growing the program. Most importantly, it was to be able to wear the blue note, have their colors and be able to call, be called St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club. So they were very gracious. They uh, invited us down to, um, I guess it's Enterprise now, uh, it was Savage Center, I think at the time, but invited us down to skate on their home ice. Wow. And uh, Eric Jackman, one of the Blues uh, defensemen was there and uh, Chris Zimmerman and Tom Stillman, one of the owners or the owner they all came down and skated with us along with all the volunteers and and um, that's when they announced to the group that you're going to be able to be called the St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club so you know from there you know the Spirit of Discovery Park actually was was the the corporation so to speak the nonprofit that this was all under at the time and so um, you know we decided as a board like hey this thing's going to kind of take off on its own uh, we need to make it its own entity. So we formed an LLC. We got a board put together. We uh, elected bylaws and uh, filed for 501c3 status. And so now we're our own nonprofit, St. Louis Recreate, or I'm sorry, St. Louis Blind Hockey Association, um, doing business as St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club. So that's kind of where it started. And we've been rolling ever since. That is so amazing. And I, I, I'm still picturing uh, the gentleman coming from Washington, D.C. with these four ginormous, because hockey bags are not small. They're huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, they're, they're, and to have four of them, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it either was a really large guy or he was really dwarfed by all of these bags. Yeah. He definitely had to get one of those little carts, I'm sure, as he was going yeah. through. <laughs> probably get a few funny looks. Yeah. So. And, and how wonderful that the St. Louis Blues organization saw the value and wanted to be a part of that. That, that speaks volumes. Um, I, I don't know if anybody can really see it, but I'm wearing a Blues. Um, and this is an old, old one. Um, this is, gosh, this is my husband's probably from the early 1990s. Um, and so, you know, they're that's awesome that they would just do that. Um, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of big names that do a lot of great things and, um, but I don't know how many whole organizations get yeah. behind something. Yeah. They've been fantastic because it really is an honor to be able to represent them, you know, and be able to wear the blue note. I mean, it's, it's really cool to be able to put the Jersey on and we'll talk about the jerseys in a little bit, but um, it's it's really special and the Blues and I mean not only for us but they you know there used to be a team called the the St. Louis Locomotives it's a special hockey group now they're now the St. Louis Blues special hockey team um, and they've got a warrior hockey and a sled hockey team as well wow. that the Blues are also helping out so um, they've been very giving to the community one of the things that, with the ownership and the management that they've had as of late I mean it's been unbelievable what they do for the community and, and their involvement with youth hockey and and everything that they've they've been like a leader, I would guess, among all NHL teams as to what how you're supposed to treat the community. So yeah, we've been very fortunate, awesome. no doubt. 
That's fabulous. So, all right, I'm going to have to be honest here. Um, I can't skate. Uh, <laughs> I've tried and I, uh, we've gone to Steinberg rink a few times, you know, and, and I'm that one that is just right along the wall all yeah. the way around the rink. And, um, so, you know, part of mine is the, this, the balancing, um, you know, just feeling like I am sturdy on the skates. So how, how do you teach your players? I mean, cause you said when you, when you mentioned the first time, you know, some people had never played hockey. Some people had never been on skates. So is there a, a different kind of method or is it just, Hey, trust me, here we go. That's uh, a little bit of both, honestly. I mean, imagine that feeling you had and now close your eyes. Right. And not know where you are or not have a reference and like, right. you know, um, so number one, we pat them up. <clears throat> so we try to break the fall as much as we can. And, and just like anybody else that you're teaching hockey, they have to understand that they're going to be really good at falling down and they're going to learn to get really good at getting back up. So that's one of the first things we do is is make sure they know that it's okay to fall down and we even make them fall down on purpose so that they have faith in the gear that they're wearing and they, and it takes away some of the fear that's inside. Um, because it's even, even for somebody who is, is sighted, it's, I mean, to fall down, ice is hard, right? And right. there's nothing to break your fall on. And so you fit hit with full force. It almost feels like it's harder than concrete. So yeah, to give them some confidence in their gear and stuff is a key step to that and make sure they're comfortable with that. And then just let them understand it's like like a baby learning how to walk all over again. If you watch a baby, you know, when they're first trying that out, it's up, down, up, down, up, down. Parents picking them up. And they keep falling. Parents picking them up. Eventually, their body just kind of figures it out. And that's literally what learning how to skate is like. You have to put the skates on. You have to be willing to get out there, fall down, get back up, and just keep going. And eventually, the muscles start figuring out. Eventually, you start getting balance. And it becomes, and we, of course, we have tricks that we can do. We can, you know, if you're a youngster, you can push a bucket around. You can hold on to the wall and go around the perimeter. Um, we just had a guy uh, three or four weeks ago who came out for one of our last two sessions and um, never skated before in his life. His legs were shaking and trembling, and he would be out there for maybe three minutes before he'd have to take a break. And by the end of the second session, he was skating around, pushing a goal. So we have a full size goal, have his hands on the goal. And he was just kind of like a walker almost, but he's a, yeah. he's a six foot two adult. So he was just pushing that thing around and um, just, you know, he, he had advanced from not even being able to stand up to pushing this net around in just two wow. sessions. So uh, awesome. we tell people all the time that there's no experience required, not even for ice skating, come out and try it. We don't, if you're interested in it, and I know this goes for the 19 clubs around town or around the country, that uh, if you're interested in playing blind hockey, um, there shouldn't be anything to hold you back. Uh, and that includes not knowing how to ice skate. That's awesome. So the 19 clubs. So there are other clubs around the country that are blind hockey clubs? Yeah, since it started a few years ago, there's been um, 19 organizations. Um, I can't name them all, but they're, you know, <laughs> Chicago is a huge one. You know, we don't like them very much. Right, but, right, of course. You know, but but they're there, you know, we got to deal with it. Um, Pittsburgh, Maine, uh, North Carolina, Colorado. Um, you know, there's a couple of them out West Dallas. Uh, I think there's, there's one in California, you know, there, there are Minnesota, 
they're all over the place. And I'm, I apologize to the ones that I didn't name, but, <laughs> but I will tell you that uh, I'll put I'll put the list up on my uh, on our website stlbbhc.com, St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club.com. Um, you can you know have that resource, and obviously I'm always available if someone if, you know is trying to find a club, I can help them find it. But so yeah, you know another exciting thing is that. Um, you know, they're, they're working to make this a Paralympic sport. And so uh, USA now has an official USA blind hockey team. And there's a Canadian blind hockey team. Uh, those are the two countries that have official, you know, national teams that are competing. And so um, it's grown in a few short years in the United States from, you know, one in Washington and one in Chicago and Pittsburgh to, you know, 19 clubs and a national team. So. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, out of those clubs, uh, are you the only ones affiliated with a major team? Uh, Chicago is uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to say their name. <laughs> right. and, uh, uh, Colorado, Pittsburgh was at one time. Um, and again, I apologize. I can't remember who all, no, uh, I believe Minnesota wild is involved with them up there. Uh, but yeah, there are other NHL organizations that are, that are involved in it and they do a good job as well. Obviously we'd like to see every city with an NHL team have their team affiliated at some level, but sure. Uh, all in due time. Yeah. Well, and we know that our team affiliation is, is the best one around the country and everybody should learn from us without I mean, a doubt. That's, that's a no brainer. So here's a question. And this is a question that I have. Um, how do they manage to find and hit a hockey puck? I've watched a few games and they are so fast paced. It's really hard to follow the puck. Great question. I just so happen to have some pucks here that you can see. So this is a regular ice hockey puck. It's made out of rubber and it's three inches in diameter and one inch thick. This is a blind hockey puck. Okay. It is five and a half inches around and two and just under two inches thick. Um, this one has ball bearings. It's made out of metal and has ball bearings in it. So it makes okay. noise. So when you hit this thing, it slides around and like a rattle makes noise. Uh, when we do a face-off, the referee will start the face-off by shaking the puck, letting everybody know we're getting ready to do a face-off. And then uh, they drop a puck, just like in a regular hockey game. Uh, this one makes the noise, obviously, the loud banging and crashing that it makes every time that it gets hit by a stick or hits the wall or goalpost or something like that. Um, they have some special rules. Uh, well, let me back up. It Because it's bigger and it's got more surface area, it moves slower. Okay. Um, so it, it is still a fast-moving game. But this puck will not move as fast as a regular hockey puck. And that's intentional sure. um, because it helps people track it and keep, keep out, you know, where it is on the ice. So, um, but there are a couple of rules in place to help players track it. So um, if you're familiar with hockey, there's a red line that goes in the middle and then there's a blue line, that, you know, on either side that separates what would be the offensive zone or defensive zone, depending on where you're going. So as a team carries the puck across the blue line into the offensive zone, they have to complete one pass before they can take a shot. Okay. okay. So what that does is it allows the, the puck to make noise 
and for the goaltenders and the defensemen to understand where it is and help track where it is. And so once that pass is completed, there's an audible pass whistle that's sound off by the referee who says, okay, everyone has been in the offensive zone or defensive zone and they hear the puck moving and they've had an opportunity to track where it is. You're not free to shoot. So okay. there has to be a completed pass. So it's, it's kind of interesting if you get a breakaway. Yeah. And I got to wait for somebody to come in to pass to. Oh, well, so that's I, an interesting deal, but yeah. you know, a pass can be, you know, dumping it in and rimming it around the boards. And one of your, one of your teammates goes in, you know, below the net and picks it up. That counts as a pass. It can also be a very traditional pass, you know, from a right winger to a centerman right in front of the net that counts and a shot gets off right away. Um, but the bottom line is, you have to have that audible sound. So sure. a couple of things that go along with that. So, you know, a lot of people may not know this, you know, I certainly didn't understand blindness and vision impairments when I started, but uh, saying that you're blind doesn't mean you can't see anything. Okay. So there's varying levels of visual impairment and blindness. So um, in hockey, typically doesn't have to be, but in typically, uh, so your goaltender has to be totally blind. Uh, if they're not, they have to wear a blindfold. So the goaltender can't see anything. Okay. Um, that can be just because of their own physical ability or because they're wearing a blindfold. Uh, and because of that, we'll, we can show a picture that shows uh, one of our goaltenders is inside the blind hockey regulation net. And it is a foot shorter. And the players are going to be wearing pads the same. There, there he is right there. So that's Mike Clardy. He's uh, he's one of our. Hey, by the way, don't worry about age either. Mike's in his 60s, and he's starting to play hockey. That's awesome. So, yeah. So he typically goaltenders will stay on their knees and uh, use shuffling and slide between the posts and stuff. And this is an effort to the goal is shorter to keep the puck down on the ice, you know, because it's metal um, to help you know, for safety and for people to be able to hear it and track it, move around. So, so he is totally blind and okay. we have the pass rule so that he can hear it moving from side to side and he can move within the goal crease to cut off angles and to protect the net. So, and then in front of him would be two defensemen typically, and they could be totally blind or, you know, not whatever they want to be, okay. but the forwards are going to usually be, there's Sean Bora. He's the guy that uh, started the whole thing. Um, that's, he's a defenseman. Okay. Uh, actually, Sean is actually, he's gone to goaltending. Um, so if we go back, there's a picture of Sean and Mike together. Uh, there's Sean on the right, Mike on the left. Um, they, uh, so he's now a goalie, but in that other picture, he's a defenseman standing in front of the net. Uh, so typically the forwards would have better vision, the best vision, so to speak, out of all okay. of it. And so you get a little bit faster moving game and your defensemen are kind of more stayed home, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of depending on things. Uh, at least that's the way we've experienced it so far. So again, no limits. We're not saying that's the way it's got to be, but, right. you know, that seems to be the way it is. Um, so, and then each player is given a vision classification, uh, when you're on the international level, they're like official, you know, ophthalmologists that will, you know, do vision checks and give you a classification and you're assigned a certain point value 
to that. And uh, each club is only allowed so many points on the ice. Oh, okay. Okay. So I have, you know, I can't load up, you know, five players with, you know, the best vision possible and go out and run your, run the goal up and stuff. So you can only, and so they have different color helmets based on what their vision classification is. So a referee uh, should be able to say, well, you get this many points out here because I can see what helmets they're wearing. We don't go through all that at our level because we're more of just a recreational sport. You know, that's international play that you would see with Team USA or Team Canada that I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for these guys, we just kind of, we let them play where they want to play, essentially. So Yeah, that's awesome. So do you want me to share some of the other pictures now or do you, is there this? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, let me go back to the start. So, hey, so um, there's our logo, awesome logo. This is actually an NHL official trademark logo. The St. Louis Blues designed this and gave it to us. That's official colors, official logo and everything. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And you're not allowed to just use that anywhere. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and this picture, this is Liam McCoy. Uh, he's one of our forwards. And uh, if you look on top above his name, there's, a really cool nameplate. There might be a closer version uh, of that. Just a, I think there's a picture of a jersey with um, just laying on the table. Do we have that? Um, uh, next one. The front. Uh, there's that's Eric in it. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, think do there was. So on the top, you can see actually they've got a nameplate that's in Braille. Um, uh-huh. That was Jamie's idea. Uh, she was like, we need to have. Uh, a jersey they can read they need to be able to read their name on the back of their jersey right and uh, so we uh, that's one of our separating um, things that the St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club does we're the only club currently with uh, a braille nameplate and that is actual raised braille official font size and everything that you can put your hands on and read if you can read braille well right right you know your wife and I'm not saying this just because she's joined us, but your wife is a pretty amazing woman. Um, she is always thinking about those extra things and they're not, they shouldn't be extra, but you know, like that, like putting the nameplate on with their Braille so they can find their own Jersey. Um, yeah. You know, it seems like a duh, but it does take, it does take somebody to think about that. Yeah. Um, and you got to find someone with special machinery to do it too. So it's not, it's not like something you can just walk down the street to an embroidery place and say, Hey, can you do this? Cause they'll probably look at you with crossed eyes and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. We can't do that. It doesn't exist. Right. So. So there's a couple uh, things before we move away from this that I want to ask you about or comment about. So I see in this picture that um, he, the, the guy in the front has on a, a blue or darker color. And then the gentleman in the back, well, I say gentleman, is this men and women? Yep. Men and women. Okay. Um, It is a gentleman, but yes. Okay. (laughs) The person, the gentleman in the back has on white. So, um, so their, their vision abilities are different. Is that correct? Yep. Oh, you're talking about the helmet. So that's just coincidental. Um, We haven't, the helmet in our, in our case is coincidental, but uh, you do ask a good question. So, um, the home and away jerseys for uh, blind hockey are like dark, dark blue or black and yellow. Okay. Um, there's no white jerseys. Um, it's, it's got to do with their ability to, you know, they need contrasting colors. 
-hmm. to be able to see. And uh, yellow is the best color that if versus black or dark blue that they can see. And, um, you know, obviously white on white boards and white ice wouldn't work. So uh, right. your jerseys and blind hockey, you're either going to be a yellow or a dark blue or black. And uh, we, we obviously went with blue um, because of our team and everything. But sure. Uh, so, yeah, but for his case, that helmet's just, that's just what okay. he's got. But yeah, if this was at the, the national or international level, then that would be the difference, That would right? definitely mean something. Okay. Yep. Yep. So the yep. other yep. thing right. that I wanted to bring out from this uh, picture is at the bottom of his jersey, it says healthy vision. Yes. Uh, tell us we about love, that. We love healthy vision association. So, so in this pic, all these pictures, you'll see us in the um, Centene Community Ice Center, which is, I should have sent you a picture of this place, but I don't know for sure, but I've heard the place costs $85 million to build. It's got four sheets of ice. There's one outside. There's an amphitheater, a little grocery store, a full, you know, hockey pro shop. There's an arena that has bowl seating where, I mean, you can seating all the way around, suspended you know, scoreboard, concessions. It's like, you know, one of the universities is playing in there. Um, you know, it's a really great complex. And we were an organization before Centene Community Ice Center actually existed. And the Blues were involved in, you know, the planning of, they didn't actually build it, but they were involved in the planning of this complex. And this is where they, you know, they call their home for practices and their alumni have their own locker room and they skate their you know, a couple of times a week, I think, but we were invited by the blues to come down for, um, the groundbreaking. And of course there were a bunch of, um, uh, blues alumni there, uh, Bobby Plager, Brett Hull, um, and Bernie Federko, uh, hall of famer who, uh, happens to be involved with healthy vision association. And again, Jamie ran over there and grabbed him by the arm and pulled him over and uh, got the. She has no fear. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, leave the man alone. You know, he's got, you know, he doesn't want. She's like, no, we're talking to him. So, um, so he comes over and, and gets introduced to all the players and stuff. And, and uh, that's where he was first introduced to, you know, the blind hockey team. And then obviously with our affiliation with the Blues you know, kind of getting underway and Randy Gersh, who is our my key contact there now, you know, talking with Bernie, um, the Healthy Business Association is now our number one supporter. Uh, so we, we really appreciate everything they do for us. They, uh, they, they give us um, financially, they're supporting the team. And so um, because of them, we're able to buy a full season of ice. And if the player wants to come in and, um, you know, try it, ice hockey, we're able to get them, you know, new equipment or, um, you know, sticks. Uh, we're able to buy these pucks. Um, usually these are, um, you know, we're given so many of these by USA Hockey, but if we were to order these, they're $50 a piece. And I didn't show you before. This is what they look like after a few uses. Oh. Um, they're pretty beat up and um, you can tell the sound doesn't sound quite the same, uh, but I mean, so when we're, when we do practice, we try to get the most out of these we can. And then eventually, sure. you know, the, the ball bearings come out and stuff. So, you know, there's all kinds of expenses and stuff that come along with, with having a program like this. And if it weren't for healthy vision association, um, our lives would be, 
much more difficult. So, I mean, we do our own fundraisers and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, if it weren't for them, um, it would it would not be as easy. There would be a lot more work to do. Let me tell you. So, thanks to Hel Healthy Vision Association, Scott Sage, Bernie Fergurko for everything they do for us. Yeah, and I just want to. I don't want to forget this question. Um, are they are the games ever televised, or is it just because they're local that that you have to be in person? Uh, that's an interesting question. So I know if you go on YouTube, mm -hmm. you can uh, just search blind hockey, Canadian okay. blind hockey or whatever, and you can see some actual games. And these guys can play. Let me tell you, it will look just like regular hockey. So, wow. um, you know, along that line, uh, you know, we do, we did just, USA Hockey did just announce yesterday, as a matter of fact, that the first blind hockey classic will be held in St. Louis. October 21st through 24th. Wow, so, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's you know, all we were, we were hoping to get it last year, but because of COVID, <laughs> it didn't happen. So but anyway, they, they gave it to us this year. So October will have um, all teams from around, all individuals or teams from around the country and in Canada or anywhere in the world are actually welcome to come to St. Louis and play. Um, so they can register as a team. They can register as an individual and be put on a team. Um, but we'll be playing uh, basically a tournament based on, so you'll be put on a team based on your skills. Okay. Um, so there's a red, white, and a blue uh, uh, bracket that you'd be put in. We'll have a little tournament, um, do that kind of have a lot of fun over the weekend. And the plan is that uh, we will have a three game series between USA and Canada national teams while we're here. Uh, and they'll be playing on that big rink with the with the bowl and the you know everything cool. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm trying to reach out to an organization, local organization called Mind's Eye here that does uh, live broadcasts and reads magazines and newspapers and things like that for people who are visually impaired. I want them to come out and do um, a, a play by play for us uh -huh. that'll be broadcasted. And I think the plan is to have those games uh, on a YouTube live broadcast as well. Awesome. That's the long answer to the short question. <laughs> but by the way, if Mind's Eye is listening, I'm asking. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I have a contact at Mind's Eye. So um, we'll talk later about that. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I, I, would have, I would assume that if this can happen in person and it's at this big arena that there will be tickets and people can come and watch in person. And I mean, that would be the hope. Yeah. I, I don't think there'll be a ticket. I think you can come and watch. We would love anybody who wants to watch to come in and watch. We'll be playing games. Um, we'll have the schedule up on our website eventually. Um, I think we're talking about registration opening in May. So we're going to get that here pretty quick now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> but we got to get that schedule ironed out and um, there'll be games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. So I think people will be able to leave, you know, by one o'clock to get home sure. on Sunday. Um, but Friday night, uh, Saturday afternoon and Sunday. But uh, anyway, anyone, we'd love to have people out. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. I forgot to tell you this too. So <laughs> we were talking about the puck and uh -huh. and this, this, this whole event just reminded me that, um, there's an organization called Lighthouse for the Blind. Um, they do manufacturing and stuff and hire people with visual impairment to give them jobs. 
So they have an organization here in town and they have been generous enough to donate some money to the St. Louis University Engineering Department and have been working with Dr. Jenna Gorlowitz over there to uh, work on redesigning uh, the puck uh, oh. for a couple of reasons. Um, because you saw how beat up they get and, you know, they make a lot of noise and stuff. But the, the one issue with that puck is that when it stops moving, it stops making noise. So um, there are other, you know, adaptive sports like beat ball and stuff like that. But the beat balls, they uh, we've had them out on the ice uh, and the beeping just doesn't work well with the um, the noise bouncing off the boards and stuff. It's oh. just very not, not very pleasant. It's not easy to track. And uh, the, the beat ball just doesn't hold up to, it's a very harsh environment. If you think about, you know, getting hit with sticks and crossbars right. and boards, and then it's, it's wet, you know, because the ice, the shavings, they melt and all that and stuff. So the electronics just didn't survive. So anyway, Dr. Gorlowitz is uh, working with some of her graduate students to design a new puck. And they've been working on that for a little bit over a year, but they will also be at the blind hockey classic showing off prototypes and just kind of talking almost like a science fair talking about, you know, this is what we're dealing with and this is what we're working on. And this is where we are now. So that's awesome. That's exciting that's too. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to go back to the pictures cause we didn't yeah. get through them all. And I want to make sure that we get a chance to talk about everything. So that's the back of the uniform. So this is the front. Yep. Um, is it the front of this one, or is this the front of the? Like... Uh, that's Tracy, Tracy Litchke's jersey there that we have okay. number eight. Yeah. All right. Um, so I was it just is, curious, like the, the same home... jersey, that was just different number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Was it like yep. the home jersey or the away jersey? Yeah. Yeah. So there you can see Eric Kaiser. That was the first day we gave out the new jersey. So that's a lot of these folks. The first time they could read their name on their own jersey so you can see there the yellow and the, he's holding the blue gotcha. one up but the yellow one's in his hand as well okay big smile yeah. he's one of our uh, he's a he's in college right now he's a um he's he's one of our he's, he's a good player good we hope to see him on the national team so this is actually this is brian haynes this was the first time i met brian um at this or this event this was a kind of a recruiting event so we separated the ice skating from the hockey playing. Uh, and this is in the summer. We're out in a local roller inline rink mm -hmm. and um, just letting people play with the stick and stuff. And so he's that's a wiffle ball that we uh, Mike Sabak, who's with the uh, he's the head coach for the Canadian from excuse me, head coach for the U.S. Uh, blind team and also uh, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks blind team. But he gave me this idea. That is a a ball, a wiffle ball that we cut open and put bells from Michael's gift store in, you know, uh -huh. yeah. and wrap, wrap some tape around it. And so now we have an audible, basically street ball for them to use. And they were just kind of, you know, passing it around and just kind of getting used to stick handling stuff. And that was Brian's first time he had ever uh, played hockey or anything. And he is a natural. So he came, That's he came awesome. out and tried that and then he came out and skated. Now he's, he's part of the team now. Um, he comes out and skates with us all the time. I'm still amazed. So this picture we already talked about. Yep. Um, this yep. picture There's we Mike talked about. 
There's Sean just to give you, is that Sean standing and the goalie standing in front of the net just to give okay. you more perspective of, you know, it's the same size as a regulation hockey net, except it's a foot shorter. So the, I see a time clock in the back. So the, do you play three periods like a normal? Yep. It would be three periods. Yep, and then just like normal. That's, that's just the time of day. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that yeah. just, that just triggered my thought. I, I tend to have what I call, um, squirrel connections in my brain, my brain, like okay. I'll see something and I'll, it's like four steps away from what I'm talking right. about. So right. <laughs> that's the only no, I reason I try I to clarify it. that for people. <laughs> Right. Oh, there's Pete Wolf in the background. So um, I think, you know, I can't go without thanking the coaches that we have in place. So Pete Wolf is standing behind Mike Clardy in the net there. Pete is our goaltending coach. Okay. Um, he's just an awesome guy who comes out every Sunday and uh, works with our goaltenders to get them mobile in front of the net and teach them how to play and position and cut off angles. And if we're missing one, he he puts his pads on and fills in for them. So um, that's Pete Wolf there. We also have Mary Beth Thompson, who is our learn. So we, we, we split our ice in half. We have one half is learn to play okay. and the other half is hockey. So Mary Beth is in charge of our learn to play. She's on our board and, uh, she works with all the volunteers and coordinates and, and develops practice plans. And, um, on the learn to play side, it's more of a one-on-one -on -one volunteer to, to athlete. Um, and it could be, you know, someone working on falling down and standing up or working on their stride, working on skating backwards, um, you know, any number of things to get them ready to move into the hockey side. And they, they move at their own pace. And uh, that's where Chuck Monroe is the director of uh, coaching. And he is in charge of everything that happens on the ice in regard to hockey drills, teams, positions, anything. And uh, he has done an outstanding job. And uh, if you would see the progress that people have made in the few years that we've been doing this, you would be amazed. I mean, it's been unreal to watch. And those three folks are the reason why it's happening that way. Wow, that's awesome. That's so amazing. <laughs> you talked about skating backwards and I was having thinking, gosh, I can't even skate forwards. And that's and now you have, your, and I know, I mean, I just didn't think about it. You know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, of course, hockey players have to skate backwards because they have yeah. to keep their eye on the puck and where it's coming at them. So, I mean, it makes sense. I just, it's just another one of those things that I'm like, oh yeah, that's another aspect. Yep. Uh, that's Carter, one of our volunteers, uh, passing the puck back and forth with Tracy Litchke in the background, uh, one of our players, uh, just uh, so she's she's kind of more on the she's kind of getting close to the hockey side. She's on the learn to play side okay. um, at the moment, but she's you know just working on passing the puck and kind of getting the feel for movement of moving around the ice and controlling the puck and stuff like that. So, and then Carter's working with her on that there in that picture. And now that you've explained the difference in size, I can see it in these pictures, but I really didn't catch it before you showed the difference in the yeah. sizes. Yeah, it's definitely bigger and moves a little slower. And then it makes that noise, of course. So, and then, you know, there's a lot of communication that goes on between the, you know, I can't tell, I think maybe uh, Tracy probably is passing it to Carter in this picture actually, but so Carter would be tapping his stick on the ice, you know, calling for the pass, giving her an indication of where to pass to. Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, obviously the puck's making noise. Or if one of our volunteers has the puck and is going to pass to a player, in her case, learning how to do it, he would, you know, tap the puck saying, all right, I'm passing it to you. So they can kind of zero in on where it's going. And it's just kind of, you know, very basic in the beginning, learning, you know, how to track the puck and how to understand where they are on the ice and, and hearing that audible stuff to try and get comfortable with it moving around and just working on it. its muscle memory. A lot of muscle memory comes into play. Sure. Wow. So this is Andrew uh, it dressed up in the uniform and his sister, Danielle. They're both players. They took this year off because of COVID uh -huh. uh, and then just a volunteer skating with them. But Andrew, you know, one of our one of the deals, like I mentioned before, was pushing. He can skate on his own. does just fine. Um, but one of the, you know, good exercise to help you dig your feet, get, get your butt down, your knees bent and dig your feet into the ice is to push something around. And so, um, he decided to push his sister around <laughs> and, uh, they were both having a good time doing it. Probably the only time he was allowed to push his sister around That's and not right. get in trouble for That's it. Right. <laughs> and let me tell you, she's got a personality that is, um, would not take much pushing. Oh. <laughs> so. Ah, she stands up for herself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's a hoot. That's good. Yeah. There, Louie, that's one of the banners that we have, you know, trying to recruit new people. We were doing a, an event with Delta Gamma, uh, Learn to Skate, just kind of introducing people and supporting what they were doing. And, and just, again, St. Louis Blues showing their support for us, sending Louie out to uh, hang out with the young kids and make them feel comfortable about the concept of hockey and so we were there just kind of trying to spread the word about what we do and stuff like that. That's awesome. And then here's one of the coolest things they did for us. The, this was uh, St. Louis blind hockey only uh, time with the uh, Stanley Cup after they won. You know, they have, you know, if you're not familiar with the Stanley Cup, it's, you know, it's got people who follow that thing around and take care of it. And uh, they are very protective of it. And you don't get to just, hang out with it. Um, and we were fortunate enough with the blues support to uh, bring that to one of uh, our practices. And so we, all the players got to hug on it and take picture individual pictures. And then we got the, the uh, team photo, we got a bunch of volunteers and coaches, Chuck Monroe, I, I was talking about um, is back there in the, in the back left, the tall guy, and then Pete's all the way to the right in the back. Uh, David Fields is one of our board members right next to Pete. Um, he's um, one of our players, Josh's dad. And then if you look behind David Fields, I'm over on the right. There's a guy sticking his head up with a, you can kind of see his record. That's John Kruska. He's one of our board members. Um, and then all of our volunteers and stuff, Andrew and Alex and Carter and Chloe, a um, bunch of people in there. So that's awesome. That's so cool. And yeah, for people who are hockey fans, um, I mean, that's, that's the Holy grail, the Stanley cup. So, <laughs> I mean, to be, to be able to get that close to it and to, like you said, love on it and have pictures taken with it. That's, that's way cool. Yeah. There is no trophy that's harder to win than that one. Really? I'll tell you that. No okay. way. I mean, you gotta, yeah. Like five, five, seven game series or whatever it is you have. I mean, well, yeah. It yeah. is an absolute grind and a beat down. And you, if, if you win that thing, you've gone through 
some battles to get it. Yeah. So without yeah. a doubt, it's it's it was really neat for them to bring it for us to uh, to see and take pictures with. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the slide, Sue. So um, that, I think I covered all the pictures that you sent me. I hoped I did at least. Um, I tried to count and make sure I had everybody in there that you sent me. So if you weren't in the in the slides and he anticipated that you would be there, that's my fault, not his fault. So take it out on me, not him. <laughs> well, I tried to get the video stuff didn't work. I was trying to get some uh, some video of some stuff to show you, but um uh, we'll we'll make it a point to work on our make a spot on our website or something. We'll put up some more photos and some videos and things like that. And then we'll have obviously you can get a hold of us if you have any questions. You know if you want to know if there's a club in your area, um, whatever it is. You know we're happy to help. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just kind of looking over the notes that I'd taken um, of things, and I and I've I think we covered um, a lot of the well all of the things that we had talked about. Um, previously that we wanted to cover. And so um, we're, I know you have another meeting that you have to get to here in, in about 10 minutes. So um, I want to start wrapping up. What, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Uh, you know, the one thing I think we talked about that I would, I would, uh, that we, you and I kind of talked about on the phone for a while was the fact that, you know, I, I'm painting this picture uh, that's rainbows and butterflies and it sounds like everything just fell into place. Um, but anyone who's thinking about doing any, anything like this needs to know that there's a lot of work that comes along with it and a lot of heartache that comes along with it. And you just have to be persistent and power through the struggles. Um, and if it weren't for the people that I'm involved in, um, David Fields, who's a pastor who, you know, talked me off the ledge more than once. Uh, I mean, there there were times during this when I was just like, I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like, why 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 do I give my time and, and get this stuff in return? And you know, there are people out there that want to drag you down and they doubt you and 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 there's just all kinds of stuff. And you just have to believe in yourself if you want to do something. Um, you know, it, and I'm not saying it because I did it. I'm, it's a it's a community. It takes a community. You know, you got to organize a group of people to, to get behind the same mission and you got to believe in what you're doing. And you got to know that there's going to be some really difficult stuff that's going to come along the way that really doesn't make any sense as to why it's happening. Um, but just stick with it. I mean, that's I mean, that's one thing that you and I were talking about that we you know, we really haven't yeah. mentioned yet. But yeah, um, because how long ago did this idea for this come to you? So I think we're four years old now. So, I mean, you know, as an organization, so five years or so. Yeah. yeah. And it is, I mean, that, yeah, I, I do re recall talking about that and it just, it does seem like a lot of things, you know, have been divinely put in place for you, you know, putting you in the right places at the right time and knowing the, the, the right connections to get you into the, you know, different organizations and the different opportunities that you've had. And, um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff, you know, it's just like anything, you know, yeah. when you think about your, your famous people, whether they're famous in the arts or they're famous in sports, there's a whole lot of things that they've done that have gotten them to that point. And there's a lot of downs and we only recognize the ups and the, and the major accomplishments. Um, but there is so much more that goes behind the scenes. And I think 
that also speaks to um, the lives of the people that I'm saying to stop placing limits on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of negative focus, but we want to focus on the positives. We want to focus on the abilities and the celebrating the successes, whether you feel that that success is a huge success or a small success, a success is a success. For sure. And, you know, we, we want to be positive and, and, promote that kind of stuff. Progress over perfection is what uh, my mentor says. You know? Absolutely. And, it's and easier. It's way easier to focus on the negative than it is the positive. It's it way. is. And it I is. think, I think, you know, for me to, like you're saying, is essentially find small successes in everything that you do along the, along the way. Even if you don't get what you want today, look for, look for uh, some sort of success that you had in that last meeting that you had, or, in that last event you did, what, what was successful? Right. What can we build on and, and go forward from there? Otherwise yeah. you're sunk. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we've certainly seen in our society, when you focus on the negatives, um, you just find more negatives. So it works the same way. When you focus on the positives, you find more positives. That's right. 100%. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I just wanted to pop this up in case you didn't see it. Um, thank you, Mr. Van. I will definitely be checking out YouTube. If it wasn't such a long drive for me, I would love to volunteer for your organization. So that's a, a good question to kind of end on. Um, you said to reach out to you and you, you tell the, um, website address again, I'm going to type it in while you're saying it. Uh, well, it's just the abbreviation for St. Louis blues blind hockey club. So if you can remember that it's S T L B B H C.com. So and again, we, we are, the season's over. So we're doing a little renovation of the website now. So there's things are popping up and coming down and things will be changing and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, check us out. And then you, you obviously reach out to me if you're, you know, I, I don't know. I think the person's name was LA. If, uh, yeah. if they want to know. It's if actually my mom. To them. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Where does your mom live? I can tell you. Is there an organization? Uh, she lives near St. Louis. Oh, Okay. Yep. yep. Well, yeah. I don't know She's if we just... any yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Not unless you get into uh, rural Illinois. So. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No. Um. So thank you. So yeah, there's opportunities on the website, hopefully, for people to reach out if they want to volunteer or get more information. Um. And yeah, if you if you have any questions, if you're watching this on the replay. Um, you know, put your questions in the chat. I come back and check these things. Um, Jeff will come back and I will pass this on to him so that he has the opportunity to watch for questions and comments as well. Um, again, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to this channel, share this as much as possible. Um, this is one of those areas that, you know, I think a lot of people have a, have a, a bias about. Um, I, like I said, I, I've, I consider myself somebody who doesn't place limits and yet I certainly found out that I had put this limit on a group of people. So um, thank you for sharing everything and thank you for doing all that you're doing and rescheduling and being able to come on. And thank you, Jamie, your wife was on here um, tagging people and telling organizations to jump on. And <laughs> so um, you her. guys are doing amazing with Spirit of Discovery Park and with the St. Louis Blind Hockey Club. Um, I just, St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey Club. Sorry, I forgot the blues in there. Um, 
but yeah, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. And um, good luck in all that you do. And hopefully we'll get to meet you guys in person soon. Um, the world is seeming like it's opening up and uh, definitely be checking out the classic in October. Thank Thanks, you, everybody. Thanks for having us out on this uh, awesome podcast. So we really yeah. appreciate it and hope best of luck to you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you all next week, guys. Bye-bye.